0: You're listening to Inside Acting. To find out more and make a donation, visit InsideActingPodcast.com. Welcome to episode 108 of Inside Acting. I'm A.J. Meyer. I'm Trevor Algas. And on this podcast, we interview writers, directors, actors, musicians. Uh, Professional organizers. Uh, mm-hmm. Wink, wink, hint, hint. Mm-hmm. Uh, and anyone else involved in the entertainment
1: industry. And then we package it up into this
0: little podcast here and put it out on the internets for you.
1: Yes, and we're just two dudes with a podcast. We don't really have major qualifications to have a podcast other than that, than that we started one. So uh, we don't pretend to know everything. We definitely don't pretend to have all the answers. We've just sat down and talked to some people who have figured out how to do awesome shit. And and we've, you know, had a little bit of experience ourselves. So anyway, all that is to say that if you hear something on the show that you disagree with or that you agree with or whatever, if you just want to add your voice to the conversation, we're very open to that. So please feel free to get in touch with us, calling us, emailing us tweeting us, Facebooking us, whatever it is, uh, by starting at our website, inside acting (laughs) podcast.com.
0: There's that pregnant pause. It was like, what's going to (laughs) happen. And on this episode, we've got a couple of those emails as well as the first part of our interview with actor, musician. Yes. Personal organizer, Faye Wolf. Um, lovely interview from a lovely person. So stick
1: around for that. All right, episode 10, great. I said 10, oh, great. That was That's good. Thanks. I
0: like that. Cool. Thanks. Uh, how are you, man? Uh, I'm good. I am a bit tired. I had a, a rough and tumble weekend, as you know. Um, I was uh, captaining a project and it had me um, getting very little sleep, but uh, I'm almost caught up now and I allowed myself to recover by having some fun. Having some play time, which you'll hear, actually hear about in the uh, second part or third yeah, part of um, yeah phase interview. Um, yeah, I, 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 I don't, I don't know if I talked about this on the podcast before, but I have my annual pass to to Disneyland, and I, I go, I go because it like it turns me into a kid, and I get to use my imagination. It's a lot of fun, and it's free. I just have to pay for the gas to get there.
1: And I was, I was asking you in the car, and you answered twice, I think. And I am already blanking on what you said. But how much is an annual pass? Uh they range in price like they start at like 270 or something and they
0: go all the way up to like I don't know like 600 something because the one that's like 600 like there are no blackout dates and you get free parking. Uh-huh. Um so it's like it really is free and you can go whenever you want. But like the Southern California Select like the entire summer is is blackout dates. Oh, geez. Because, of, you know, the kids who are in, right. in school or whatever. Right. So anyway, um, or not in school, I should say. But, uh, yeah, I have like the, I don't know what it's called, the second to the highest. It's uh-huh. premium. And there
1: are payment the plans. You said you, you pay like 20 yeah, bucks a month, here's basically. The, yeah,
0: here's the thing that's crazy about it. You only, the only down payment, in air quotes, you have to do is like a day ticket, which is like, I don't know, 90 bucks. Uh, the coolest thing about the annual pass is that you can do a payment plan and And it's not more expensive to do. It's the same price. They don't charge you interest. Because really, all you have to do is go there once, buy a ticket for a day, right? And then make payments on the rest of whatever you know, annual pass you decide to get every month comes out of your bank account automatically. The most expensive it could possibly be just under 50 bucks a month, I think.
1: Okay. Yeah. There's a book I read, uh, that I talked about a couple dozen episodes ago. I forget what it's called right now, but it's all about basically building those rest periods into your life so that your life is a conscious structure of work, rest, work, rest, work, rest. And then once you do that, you can, you'll find that you can really kind of Double and triple your productivity because you're giving your chance to your body and your brain a chance to recover and recharge.
0: Just like our muscles, right? Yeah, have to have yeah. recovery time for your muscles to grow.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Interesting. Yeah, hmm. yeah. Cool, it's a little Disneyland action. <laughs> yeah, but that's not my uh, my industry news. My industry news is um, that I was cast sort of uh, fortuitously in a music video. Which I've never done before. I've never done a music video, but uh, the reason I wanted to talk about it is because it's such a it's such a story of like I don't want to say like who you know, but it is like who you know. It's uh, a friend. Uh, who you're also good friends with? Our friend who's a director. His name's Chris Falcons. He'll probably be on the podcast some at some point. Yeah. At some because he's he's blowing up right now. But he
1: he just he directs a lot. very good, and he's really very good. good
0: at what he does. And he keeps getting more and more jobs. And he, he's also you know a great editor, and he does that as his thrival job. He's editing for that show once upon a time right now and it's like when you're in college and you think like well we're all going to graduate and like the directors are going to get jobs directing and they're going to cast me the actor and they <laughs> think that's <laughs> how it's going to work right that's how it's going to work it, it hasn't really sense. happened that way quite yet but yeah. i know that even people who have come on the show and been uh, our guests have talked about that oh my friend who was you know so and so when we went to college wrote this thing and then we started it and blah 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 yeah but it it, it it did it does sort of feel that way where like i'm getting to this point where a lot of the people i'm surrounding myself with are successful they're they're, they're building their career and their career is building and um, he reached out to my girlfriend and was like hey you know i know you dance and this and that we need two dancers like do you know anybody who you might want to like dance with and she asked what, about the context of it and it's a couple dancing in this music video i i, I don't want to say the band quite yet I'll, i guess i'll talk about it once the video comes out but is a,
1: there like an NDA on that or or what? I don't know. Or That's just, why just I, not I'm not sure. Okay, I'm cool. I'm just not but sure. But it's a well-known so so band. Most of our listeners know who they are. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And
0: they've had a couple of hits and, and whatever. So um, so she was like, would you want to do it? And I was like, of course. Are you kidding me? That'd be amazing. Like, How cool. We get to dance around some warehouse somewhere and yeah. there may or may not be a fire breather involved. Oh, <laughs> some... It's going to be like, they're going to be like shattering glass. I don't know. It's going to be epic. Sweet. I'm I'm very excited about it. Kind of nice to be working this week. The music video shoots next week. The industry kind of shuts down for holidays, and it's gotten progressively... I want to say worse, but I think that's my capitalistic American brain talking, <laughs> but they, they, they are now finding like any excuse to shut down. And like the 4th of July is like this huge, like the industry just goes, <sighs> just like the holiday, mm. like, like the Christmas and you can New almost year. feel it in the oh, air. You can almost feel in the bit, air. Right? It just
1: feels like right now. I feel like the whole city's on a big vacation and they have been for like basically since the beginning of the week. Yeah. Well, Monday.
0: it happens a lot during the summer period. Like things start, the production starts to slow down yeah. um, in some cases and pick up in other cases. But for holidays specifically, yeah, it just, just kind of comes to a screeching halt because everybody wants to go home to family or, you know, get drunk at barbecues. I don't know whatever they're doing, but <laughs> <laughs> I, it's right. like, I, like I was saying, it's, it's always, I'm always appreciative when I'm working, when there's a holiday. Mm-hmm. You know, or, or yeah. when the industry is quote unquote slow. Yeah. I'm always very appreciative. You know, you have a ton of auditions during pilot season. And it's like, oh, well, that's kind of to be expected. You know, you might be kind of bummed if you don't have a lot of <laughs> auditions during pilot season. Yeah. But if you have a lot yeah. of auditions like during the summer or something, then you're like, oh, this is kind of cool.
1: What's been going very on with true. you, my friend? This week, I have uh, been putting a lot of focus on building my uh, Beach Body coaching business. Um, and it's cool because the, the more that I'm in it, the more time I put into it learning about it, um, working it. I mean, they, they announced a bunch of cool new stuff, uh, this, not this past weekend, but the weekend before at the, uh, their annual coach summit, which is kind of like Mac world, but for, for body.
0: <laughs> yeah. I saw, I saw in the video, uh,
1: cause one of the things they
0: announced was, um, vanilla Shakeology. Yeah. And I saw the video on, on YouTube and that's exactly what I thought. I was like, this looks like an Apple event. Yeah, it's, it's, like- it's like a
1: trade show, but only for their company. Right. <laughs> but it's cool. I mean, it's, it's great. And, but, but the, the more training that I'm, I'm plugging into, the more confident I feel about what I'm doing. And also the more I, the more my gut just says, yes, yes, yes. This is a smart choice. You are doing the right thing like good find trev go you know kind of like one of those things so it feels really good i've been putting a lot of time into that and um i'm i'm forming a few new challenge groups um actually two i'm planning on one this month and then one at the very beginning of august with uh, this new program that came out called t25 which is uh, a 25 minute workout Five days a week. Oh, and yeah! I Heard about that? It's on sale for the month of July, and I'm so stoked to uh, really dig in and see what it's all about, and, and How run much some challenge trips with it. Uh, a challenge pack for it is 180 bucks, and that includes a 30 day supply of Shakeology. It includes the actual DVDs with a resistance band and a 30 day club club membership to teambeachbody.com. What? So for 180 bucks? For 180 bucks, yeah. That's what, a sweet, dude. I
0: sound like a total It sounds like we set this up. <laughs> I know
1: it does. Okay, we did not set
0: this up. I got to stop <laughs> I got to stop us right now cuz what really? <laughs> for $180, <laughs> tell me more, Trevor. Yeah. Put, it's put it's my sweet. Chin on my hands and they, <laughs> <like> this <laughs>
1: Yeah, they've got a, they've got that sale going all through July. So um, I'm going to be I I am anticipating um, a lot of interest for it because it's only 25 yeah, minutes a when day. Are you, and,
0: when are you starting that?
1: Uh, July 15th is going to be the first one, and then the beginning of August will be the second one, Dude. and then at the end of August slash beginning of September, I'm going to um have just finished up P90X, and I'm going to start a little P90X two action. That's the plan, I'm so and I'll jealous. be in that. I'll be in that group as well. I'm so. so
0: jealous. I want to do P90X too so badly.
1: Yeah, it's it's really exciting. You know, they, they this company has the best stuff out there, and the more, like I said, the more I work it, the more I'm like, yeah, I really plugged into uh, the right thing here. I'm really excited about it. So it's really cool, man. And if anybody listening is interested in uh, maybe joining the challenge group, the P90X group we've got going right now is is kicking ass. It's really fun. Really exciting to see people. You know, just in it, and it's uh, great
0: to be have some. You know, people hold you accountable. You yeah, know, like it's, it's, it's been good. It, like I haven't been posting on the Facebook group very, at like a lot, and so I realized that people are like, like, I think you even said, like, are you work? Have you been <laughs> like working out? And I have been because when I see you know people posting stuff, like it inspires me, even if I don't post back. So yeah, it's great. Yeah.
1: It's yeah, great. it's cool, and I, I'm having a lot of fun with it. And I know that uh, the T25 challenge groups are going to be even cooler because people can squeeze these workouts in like right at the beginning. Of the, I mean, it's 25 minutes, like who doesn't have 25 minutes, it's an intense 25 minutes. I'm sure. I mean, it looks kind of brutal, <laughs> but, but it looks, I mean, it's, I, I mean, it's just, I'm really excited about it. So that's been my, uh, that's been my week that, and I've just been, you know, making sure I put aside a few hours a day to write, um, working on a couple different projects couple different scripts and things like that. I sat down with Blake Robbins again and Armin Shimmerman. Uh, it was really inspiring to hear Blake just talk about the nuts and bolts of putting his film together and, and how it's really not that complicated. It's just time consuming. Yeah. And I just got super inspired and just, you know, like I said, the workshop, the last episode of the workshop we did, I really just started to click in with what I want my career to look like. And so much of what Faye said that we'll have in the second part of her interview, so much of it really resonated with me. And I just thought, yeah, I get to stop playing this game and start playing this game. Yeah. And that is going to make me a happier person. And my life is not going to be a have to, you Mm -hmm. know, a have to in Mm -hmm. those areas. It gets to be a big get to. Awesome. Uh, So we have a couple emails. Yeah.
0: The first one is just like, a, it's more of a, a episode suggestion, but we like talking about this kind of stuff anyway, just to see what our listeners think about it. So you want to to talk about that? And I
1: I love this also because I was talking to David Lawrence, who was a guest back in episode 12 this weekend. And he was suggesting very much the same thing um, that, that Dana is suggesting here with her email, but it was more along the lines of alternative acting jobs, like going and being one of those patients at UCLA, those actor patients that that like med students can practice on. But like he said, he knows people that that's all they do couple hours a week that go in and they make like four or five hundred bucks a, a week, basically acting like they have this illness, mm-hmm. but they're acting. And it's, uh, you know, he talks about having a career that's a thrival job. that's as closely aligned to your career choice as possible. And it seems like a great option. And what Dana has here also seems to be a good fit because it's so flexible. It so allows for it. But she basically suggested we have an episode that features five to 10, what she calls Hungries which I love, um, which are basically actors that are kind of just making it work with their thrival jobs. And she suggests we have like five minutes uh, of, a, of a testimonial, basically, or a mini interview with each of these people to kind of hear about what they're doing to, to make their careers work, what, you know, doing fairly, you know, maybe, maybe unconventional things. Um, she says for her, um, for an example, she might share her thrival job, which is managing an apartment building. And, uh, it allows her to live rent and utility free and she essentially makes her own schedule and, uh, it's a pretty straightforward way to get into it and she has some thoughts about how she might be able to share it. So, uh, I thought this was a cool idea. I mean, um... What are yeah. your thoughts on this? I, I love the idea of it. It would take a lot of time and effort to kind of put together, but yeah, I, uh, have, I think um, it could be really valuable.
0: I have a friend who, uh, I have a friend who, who does the man, the apartment managing thing as well. I actually have two or three friends who are actors who, who do that. Um, and I've always, it's always been like my dream job. Like I am like, Oh God, I would love to do that. <laughs> love yeah. to manage an, an apartment building and live rent and utility free and, and get paid and, and all that. Um, <clears throat> Uh, yeah I think I think one of the ways we could do this even if we don't actually do it for an entire episode is you know people can feel free always we, we get this from time to time but people can feel free to always leave us voicemails of you know their story it won't be 5 to 10 minutes because the voicemail will cut you off at 3 but you know if you have like a an interesting story about how you're making it work like you can either record something on your computer and email it to us or you know call us and leave a voicemail that's
1: a great idea you know, yeah, and then we can, just, we have can a, just
0: have them on just and, plug them in yeah, and just have either a segment of an ep, you know of every single episode or just plug them in when we get you know as we get them um uh but uh you know putting together an episode of them uh you know would be fun as well, so it just kind of depends on how the uh community responds, Dana, um which we
1: will of course let you know. I love that uh, suggestion. In fact, let's go ahead and make that our homework for this episode. If you've got an unconventional thrival job or an idea for one and that's how it, and it's working for you, uh, go ahead and record an MP3 and shoot it over to us. She also did mention, and I want to kind of point this out before we move on, um, that she is an actor who lives in LA, but she's begun to work in some of the smaller markets like Louisiana as a local hire to build her resume. And she knows we've talked about this before, but it gives people like her, a unique perspective on what it's really like, the pros and cons to work in these smaller markets, uh, as as opposed to the larger markets, mm-hmm. uh, like LA, uh, as well as good advice, uh, for actors that are living in those, those smaller markets. So, um, it's really, really good, uh, really good stuff to kind of think about. So any actors out there with anything like that, in fact, Dana, let's go ahead and just please call us. Yeah, call (laughs) Call, us and... uh, and Call the
0: podcast, leave a voicemail or or record something on your computer if you know how and email it to us. I hope that someday the podcast is so successful and we're, you know, uh, making uh, such uh, an impact in the industry that we can afford to go to some smaller markets and just do interviews there. You know, go go to Seattle, go to Louisiana, go to, um, you know, Atlanta, um, Mm -hmm. Chicago and do interviews, you know, on the spot. We can do... Skype interviews, but they're, uh, they're difficult to put together and the quality is not that great. So, yeah, yeah. and we've always, as you hopefully are aware of by now, we've also always prided ourselves on, on the audio quality of the podcast. So, um, <clears throat> but yeah, two really fantastic ideas that I think that we can implement right away, especially if people, you know, support us by actually, you know, donating their quote unquote content, Yeah, you know, yeah, if you will.
1: Yeah. Sweet. All right. So there's the homework. <laughs> um, get to it. Make it happen. <laughs> uh, and then the, uh, the second email comes from Carissa. She stayed in L.A. with the intention to book film and have been surprised to book way more musical theater, uh,
0: which has been my experience as well. So it's kind of um, interesting. She even got her equity card here, as did I. Um, my agent wants me to move to New York, but uh, I don't feel I've truly pushed myself towards film like I could have. But I've done enough to know I adore it. So I'm staying here six to eight more months. Uh, to, you know, to work on the film thing. My question is if I should have a separate resume for film than I do for theater. I have amazing credits in theater here, but I really feel like people in L.A. look down on stage actors. It's like if you're great with musical theater, there's no possible way you could be great with film. Good point, Carissa. I mean, that does sometimes uh, is sometimes the perception. Uh, I had a pretty important film producer tell me once, you can't be good at a good actress. You sing too well. And then in asterisks, she put eye roll. I think yeah. AJ mentioned a few weeks ago that you had to stand up for yourself at an audition because of your theater credits. I'm um, just wondering if a smaller resume with less theater could be favorable f- f- uh, to a more professionally developed resume that makes it seem like as though I can only book theater. It's tough when when it comes to especially resume and credits and what you've got down on there. Like if you have you know a big a long list of, of of theater and only a handful of film and television credits, which my resume and a lot of people's resume, you know, does in fact look like. There's a bunch of different ways you could look at this and it really just depends on, you know, the people that you're auditioning for. Because I've auditioned for so many people who are, you know, big, big fans of theater, and we've even talked about them on the podcast. Like if you go on audition for April Webster, she goes to see stuff. I mean, Chris, you're in a show at the Patsy in the Playhouse right now. She goes to see stuff at that theater. She's gonna see that on your resume and recognize that and and, Mm -hmm. and appreciate it. And she casts Everything that J.J. Abrams directs, like, so, you know, there are people who appreciate theater out there and, you know, there are obviously some people who don't, um, but I don't think it has any bearing on, you know, how good of an actor you are. And and honestly, you know, I've said this before in the podcast and it's a little bit unorthodox, but I really do truly feel that you could walk into an audition without a headshot and resume and book it. Because of the audition itself, because of how you show up in the room, because you're right for the role, because, you, you know, they see that you can act. Sure. And, and that's that, you know, so, so the materials are there as a support, uh, there is, there is a support to get you in the room really. And, you know, sometimes those, those credits are just talking pieces so mm-hmm. they can, so they can get to know you as a, as a, as a person. And if they're asking questions about your resume, that's a good sign. That's a good sign. It means they're interested because they don't have time. Yeah. Time is money in this, in this industry and they're trying to get through people as quickly as possible, get you in and out of the door. So if they're asking you questions about your theater credits, that's a good sign. They probably just want you to talk. They probably just want to hear you speak as, as yourself and just be in the moment with them as a human being. Um, See if you're going to be cool on set for the people that they work for to deal with. Um, So I can't, I can't see it. I can never see it as a bad thing. My, my feeling has become with pretty much everything uh, in this industry, just be yourself. Mm-hmm. Just be yourself, and if and if theater is what you do, and you get a, and you book a lot of theater, then so be it. That's what goes on your resume. Yeah. You know, I I've been knocking off older credits as I get more film roles. I've been knocking off a lot of the older theater credits, but my theater my list of theaters is still way way longer than mm-hmm. you know. And I've had a lot of I've had people look at it and go, "Whoa, you know, theater," and like be pleasantly surprised.
1: So yeah. You know, yeah, she, she says something in her email. She says, uh, I feel like people in LA look down on stage actors and uh, my experience could not be any different. From that, uh, I, I, had a, the very first cast and director workshop I went to out here when I first got to LA mm, years ago, <laughs> I, uh, <What> was that? <laughs> I it wasn't even a cast director workshop. It was like one of those LA casting, like meet and greet type of things. But uh-huh. the guy that we met with, he said, when he looks at an actor's resume and he sees a long list of theater credits, he knows that person's a good actor because they're so committed to the craft of it. And that stage acting is just really good training. I mean, Mm -hmm. very rarely do you find a stage actor who can't translate some of that into some of those skills into film or television or commercials, but you do find a lot of stage film, I'm sorry, uh, film TV and, uh, commercial actors that cannot translate their skill set into theater. So it's a, it's a really wonderful training ground and I've never met uh, a casting director that actually said, Oh, you do theater like, ew, you know, or, or or like bury that. Yeah. Or yeah. They, they all seem to really respect it. I think. Um, so, so if you, I I mean, this is not a theater town per se, but, uh, I would definitely not shy away from having those credits in the resume. I would definitely give them their due space because, uh, it shows that you're serious about your training, your craft, and you are not a one trick pony you know, that you can do several different mediums and do them well.
0: It's funny that you say the thing about one trick pony. Cause that's kind of how she ends her email. Her question, you know, is like, yeah. does it make it seem like I can only book theater? And, uh. you know, the answer is no. I mean, you know, a lot of these casting directors are looking for, they, they want to take credit for finding you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, that's the other thing we get to realize as actors. Like they are looking for you. You are the solution to a problem. Problem being, they need to cast this role. And if you can act and you and you fit the role, they don't care what you've worked on before. They don't even care. They honestly, they don't even care if you're union. They don't. They'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. They'll figure it out. They'll cast you and then and be, be like, you know what, you might have to get Taft Hartley. I might get you know my ear chewed off by this producer. But when you show up on set and you knock the pants off of everybody else that came in this room, they'll thank me later. Yeah, you know, and I don't care. Like I'll take it. I'll take the hit. You know. Um, yeah. It. it, it It really comes down to, do you physically fit the
1: role and can you act? Yeah. Not not what's on your resume. My agent, Carl, told me, uh, he said, uh, you need to be union as soon as you can because it makes, because it shows up on your resume that you're serious about what you're doing. Not because it's going to, you know, um, um, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but um, not because you won't book certain jobs because you're union, but he said, only because it shows them that you're serious. Mm. And I was like, really? Doesn't it, doesn't it like a word? And he's, he's, like, no, dude, like if they, if you're the right person, they'll hire you. They'll find a way. There's so many ways around that. Yeah. And that's how a lot of actors get their union status.
0: Well, and there's also ways. Yeah. And there's also ways of, um, there's also other ways of showing that you're serious. <laughs> yeah. It's true. like a long list of theater credits or what I was going to say is, you know, representation. Yeah. Like yeah. I don't have any of my union affiliations on my, on my resume. I don't have a lot of stuff on my resume. I don't have like, you know, height, weight, eye color, like all that kind of stuff because I feel like they, they get contacted by, I, you know, I am pitched by my represent, my representation. So they're the ones making the, you know, the, the, making the pitch for, you know, to get me, in the door so to speak to that audition or or to that job. Yeah. And you know there's there's like I said there's no reason it doesn't matter if I'm union or not. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, you know, they, if they want to cast me, they'll cast me. Yeah. Um and the rest will work itself out.
1: Yeah. It's so funny that the the meaning that we try and put on everything as actors. <laughs> we as, overanalyze it. As humans. It. And it's just like, that's why the, the interview that we have like on this episode and the next one with Faye is so refreshing because it's just like, am, "Is it, how is this serving me? Is it serving me? If not, I'm going to let it go if it is. And great. And like, it's just, it's so pure the way she, she talks about it. And so it's actually perfect that we are fielding this question and then jumping into the interview. I was so. going to say,
0: speaking of which. Yeah, know, so here we go. <laughs> roll right into it.
1: Yeah. So it is about that time. Part one of our chat with, uh, Faye Wolf, actress, uh, professional organizer. And as we talk about, that's, that's a thing. There's like a whole, like, nationwide, like, union and everything. Uh, and, uh, a musician. Really, really wonderful musician. And just a sweetheart of a person. So enjoy this part, guys, and we'll see you on the other side. Hey, everybody. This is Trev and AJ and, uh, Faye Wolf. And I'm so stoked to be sitting down with Faye. Uh, I'm a big fan of her music, and um, she's also an actress and has her own company, organizing and decluttering, and um, it's just an all-around pretty exciting person to be sitting across from. So, Faye, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Uh, It also sounds like she might be uh, an author here pretty soon. Yeah, yeah. She's being
0: a bit vague about it, but that's okay. That's
1: okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I have a million questions I want to ask you, but I have to admit, my first question is... Is that your real name?
2: Wow! So <laughs> it's funny.
1: I had no idea. It's just messed. too. It's just too awesome of a name.
2: People have started to ask me that over the past few years. They never did before that, and it absolutely is my real name. And um, my middle name is just one letter, and so it's even weirder.
1: What's the middle letter?
2: <laughs> my middle name is the letter E.
1: Faye E.
2: Which is also weird because people always want to put an E on Faye and there's yeah. no E on Faye, or they want to put an E on Wolf. Uh-huh. But there's no E on either. It's instead it's the. By itself. <laughs> it's by itself Ryan. in the middle of my name. So, you know, my entire name is this, you know, very short, awesome. real. Yeah, I was like like it was named after my grandmother. Oh, really? E okay. Yeah. Cool.
1: It's such a graphic name. Like when you hear Faye Wolf, I think of a formidable. <laughs> Like forest energy. I don't know. Maybe I'm just labeling myself as crazy right now. Forest
2: energy is (laughs) really good to harness.
1: Now now that she told us about the middle
0: initial though, I can't stop thinking about Wiley E. Coyote. Oh. Faye E. Wolf.
2: (laughs) Totally. Is there
1: a connection? Are you a cartoon? I
2: am a cartoon who runs real fast.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So um, we usually like to start just kind of at the beginning and get a feel for um, basically where you grew up, what the kind of um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Inciting incident almost was sure. that, that kind of turned you on to this industry, this what career, this art form. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. What's <is> wrong? <laughs> Why are you here? And uh, and just get a feel for just kind of what puts you on this trajectory. Cool. So um, so yeah, let's start at the beginning. Did you grow All up right. in L.A.?
2: I did not. I grew up in Connecticut.
1: Oh, okay, East yeah. Coast, right? On east right.
2: Coast, East Coast. Uh, I grew up in Fairfield County, Connecticut, and uh, spent. You know, through high school there. And I'm still great friends with so many people I went to high school with, which is so lovely. And, uh, then I went to, wait, 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 before I went to Boston university, I decided that I was going to become a professional actor and, uh, then went to Boston university for acting and I'm still great friends with those people as well. And, um, Sometimes we joke, uh, as great as it was there and as great as the training was, sometimes we joke that we all spent $120,000 on the best friends anyone Mm. could ever have. (laughs) Nice. Um, So went there for four years and uh, got a BFA in acting and just had a great, great time and then moved to New York. Decided that New York was where it was going to be to do theater, to be an actor on the stage in New York. And, um, uh, you know, at that point, which I'm sure we'll talk about later, I, I, I wasn't, I certainly wasn't writing songs. I had, you know, started piano lessons when I was six and quit when I was 12. And at that point, I was basically just playing Tori Amos and Sarah McLaughlin and, mm-hmm. um, you know, accompanying my friends and myself singing musical theater. But it was never like a thing. And um, then lived in New York for three years. And was an actor in New York, and also had a great time there. But both, both just an overwhelming feeling I had inside, and the fact that I was actually mostly booking television and not theater. I kind of just woke up one day and I was like, I think I'm going to move to Los Angeles.
1: Hmm.
2: So that was ten years ago.
1: Okay, so we you and I came out here about the same time then. All right, yeah, I came out in 2003.
2: Yeah, 2003.
1: Wow. Cool. and
2: i couldn't love it more.
1: Hmm. So it was the right the right call. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Which is, you know, which doesn't mean that New York was the wrong call, it just means that this is where I'm supposed to be right now, you cool. know, for however much longer i feel that way.
0: Wow. You know? Right on. Yeah. What was it that had you make the decision? I want to just backtrack a little because yeah. you said you you said, oh, let me back up. I decided to become an actor and then meet <laughs> right, the Boston. Right, like, what was that choice about?
2: I mean, that was something that was pretty much always there. You know, uh, when I, I had always been taking lessons and classes as a kid and was definitely that kid that, you know, took three dance classes a week and acting class and, you know, the piano lessons and was singing in the church choir and, and all that kind of stuff. It was just kind of the way it was no one was pushing me into it. It was just the way it felt, you know, natural to be. And there was, I mean, maybe I remember, you know, in junior high school or something like, am I going to do musical theater? Am I going to do straight theater? I had gone to like a summer NYU summer program when I was 15 or 16 and there was the straight acting program at Strasbourg and then there was like the Cap Twenty One musical theater and I did the Strasbourg program and there was just this feeling that I wanted to be, you know, a serious actor, <laughs> whatever that whatever that means, because of course musical theater is you know obviously it's serious, but you know what I'm saying. Um so yeah, I remember doing this Joan of Arc monologue in my high school acting class with my amazing teacher, Fran Congella, who I'm still great friends with. And it was one of those first moments where I was like, I really feel like I was just that character. And then I like came out of it and I was like, what just happened? You know? And you had felt like you had gone to this other place and I was like, oh, this is, this is something. You know? So it just, it wasn't even a decision. Like I said, like, Music wasn't at all a decision to make then. Like, music has come so much later for me. Um, So it was just about where am I going to go to continue acting. There there was no question. There was no question. Um, Yeah, and then BU gave me a little bit more scholarship money than NYU, and I went to BU, and, and I'm so happy I did. It was great to live in Boston, and Yeah, and it was great to live in New York. It was awesome. I mean, time of my life, you know? Early 20s, like, oh, my God, I live in New York City. But it was just this feeling I had. I mean, you know, some of it was logistical stuff. Like, I kind of felt like I didn't want to need roommates anymore. And I had heard that, like, you could probably afford something bigger in L.A. LA. And I was like, I think I want to live alone. Um, You know, I loved and still love my roommates. My... uh, one of my best friends, Jen Harris, still lives in that apartment in Park Slope. Amazing apartment. But I just wanted some freedom and uh, I just needed to go west. And I, you know I, I have this habit of doing things where I'm, I like make a huge, huge decision, and then I tell everybody about it, so I'm like immediately accountable. <laughs> Nice. And then I'm like, what have I done? <laughs> this is the same thing I did like when I started my business, like when I was starting to play music. And even though they were all the right decisions, you know, you have this thing where you're like, why did I tell everyone? Now I have to do it. Right. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. of course, it, you don't have to do it, you know, if it's not right. But uh, yeah, moving to LA was one of those things where I was like, yeah, I'm going to move to LA. And then I was like, okay, I guess crack. I'm selling my stuff right now and I guess I'm hmm. getting a car and, and I'm going and, um, but, hmm. but I knew the whole time I just knew in my gut that it was right. That's
1: cool. Yeah. We, um, we, we have a lot of, uh, listeners on the East coast that, um, have a pretty good feel, I think, for what it's like to kind of exist in this industry as an actor on the West coast. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, you and I, I mean, we, AJ and I, don't really underst- know intimately what it's like to be an actor on the East Coast. So yeah. during your, you know, three, four years there, what would you say was were the key differences between New York acting and, and acting scene and the L.A. Right. acting scene?
2: I mean, just on a, I'm sure it's changed so much now, just on a sort of basic level you know, the whole theater auditioning thing, especially, I was actually auditioning for a lot of musical theater and that is just a whole, you know, chorus line type world that I remember after a certain amount of dance calls, I was like, I don't think I'm good enough to go on dance calls anymore, (laughs) I was (laughs) like, this is crazy, it like really is right out of chorus line, you're just like, I can't follow that choreography, so, you know. but so there were those kinds of things where it felt like it was a little bit more of like a cattle call going to be in a big Broadway show kind of things. But, you know, the the the, um, you know, the non-musical theater auditions pretty much felt the same to me as they as they have out here. And, you know, I was also 21, 22, 23, 24 years old. I, I was just such a different person and Mm -hmm. i was also still desperate um so i who knows like the the lenses that i was looking through then are very different than Mm -hmm. the lenses of the past few years auditioning here and stuff like that so i don't know if i have a um good answer for that although i will say you had a really heavy backpack on your back (laughs) that you left the house with at like seven in the morning that had like different pairs of shoes or different outfits that you needed for the different auditions and your back was hurting so much and you're walking and you're sweating and you're freezing and the whole New York kind of, you know, Uh not the most fun thing where you're just the weather can be crazy and you don't have a car. So you're just carrying everything. And I was also, I got tired of that. I have, back issues and i was just like i just want to throw everything in a car
1: <laughs> this is the city for that yeah, yeah. I was say, yeah i was gonna say we have the same thing here but everything instead of a backpack exactly a car. exactly
2: yeah. i'm like i've i can't count the number of times i've changed clothes hmm. in my car in yeah. la yeah just <laughs> <Yeah>. like <laughs> so put the seat back and i'm like you're not looking at me you know
1: right right um anyway cool so so then you moved to la what were your first couple of years out here like what what did you first focus your energies on, or what uh, what was what got you to yeah. basically stay here and realize this was the right choice?
2: Um, there okay. from the start, there was never really a question of uh, whether or not I, I would stay. I feel like I was here. Um, I knew that I'd be here for a long time. I didn't know what that meant, but um, I had come out with a a manager who I started working with who had seen me in an independent film and and also represented someone who who made that film back in New York and uh, started working with her and some agents out here and it was kind of just the same kind of thing but here you know making new relationships I had that a little bit of a feeling that I needed to kind of start over again because you know I had after three years in New York the casting directors knew who I was and Nobody knew who I was out here, so there was, there was that kind of feeling of, of building that up, and it did take a few years. I mean, I can't remember exactly how long it was, but it was probably you know almost two years before I booked a job, and mm. um, I remember my manager calling me up and being like, "You broke your cherry," and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> "Great, okay. great." Um, so it was that it was definitely a pounding the pavement that I was. Into doing And uh, got a similar job That I'd had in New York Which was uh, Restaurant hosting mm-hmm. um, And so it Was just Was just Doing that And you know I na- I later realized That I was I didn't really um, Even though It was what I wanted To be doing I wasn't really Choosing it I was sort of Going through the motions A little bit Because And you know Maybe You'll get, We'll get to this But I was essentially waiting for my pilot. I was waiting. I wasn't living mm-hmm. in the now, and that was, you know, something I, I, I realized later. But but I was still happy. I was still like having a good time, and you know,
1: mm-hmm. just
2: enjoying life. But I was waiting. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So when did that when did that switch come?
2: So the switch came pretty drastically when my father died in two thousand five. So I guess that was only actually a couple years. That it's always so weird to think about. It feels like it was yesterday, but so a couple years after I moved out, um, yeah, my father died, and I started to wake up. You know, um, to put it, and I, you know, and I do mean that spiritually and, and, and every other way where I kind of felt like I was punched in the face and I was like, Oh, you're waiting for things to happen. You're not really, I was doing things. I was being, you know, going to workshops and trying to, you know, doing all those, uh, you know, trying to get stuff done as an actor things. But I just wasn't clear on exactly what I wanted out of life. And and I was waiting for my pilot to be booked. And I mean, mm-hmm. I laugh at that so much now just because I just so wholeheartedly know that I just would, wouldn't live my life that way again. And, and um, I know a lot of people do, but n- not even just on a basic level that, that <laughs> now knowing so many people who have uh, booked big jobs, been on TV shows for, that have run for years and that the amount of, you know, happy people I know and unhappy people I know, like (laughs) they have all different jobs Mm -hmm. and all different bank accounts. And it has zero to do with, you know, what jobs they've not zero to do. Obviously things make you happy. Um, but some things make you sad. You know, a lot of people think that like booking a pilot and pilot season is going to make you a happy person. And, you know, you make you a happy person and that's just icing Mm -hmm. sometimes Mm -hmm. so anyway uh you know had that big realization and um you know luckily i was lucky that i was like oh but i do want to be an actor you know i I am actually doing the thing that i want to do so great that's lucky now i just need to sort of shift into being happy now And not waiting for happiness to come to me. So what that meant for me is that I was going to start a business. And I didn't want to work in restaurants anymore. Hmm. So in 2006, I started a business. And um, like I was saying, another one of those things where I was like, I just told so many people I was going to start a business. (laughs) crap <laughs> shit yeah. um and I, I didn't know what it was going to be for a while and um and i didn't even I, I wasn't even conscious of the fact that i was good at organizing i just sort of naturally did it with my own stuff i had no idea it was an industry that was out there hmm. and um but what i i knew that i wanted to work for myself and so i just started to put feelers out there and by this time of being in la i did you know know some you know some of my friends had uh, reached a certain level of monetary success uh, that I reached out to to help people with personal assisting. And a couple friends bit and um, I started helping my friend uh, Liz with her tax receipts and I started helping my friend Josh with his papers and created this filing system and and people were like, this is amazing what you're doing and i'm like why don't you have a filing system you know (laughs) that's crazy and they're like i don't even know what you're talking about so i started doing this thing and uh still wasn't sure what it was going to turn into and then there was this one night where i was sitting on the floor of my studio apartment and did you know the right combination of google search terms and all of a sudden found the national association of professional organizers. Like I, I hit
0: on That's a thing?
2: this thing. It wow. sure is a thing. I am a proud wow. golden circle member of it.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. Thank God, I had the same. <laughs> That's a thing. Like yep. Yep.
2: <laughs> and do we have a yearly organizing awards? Or nice. Awards. Yep. Um, so, and it was one of those things. And I, you know, looked at all the FAQs and stuff and it was like, organizers make, you know, between $50 an hour and like blah, 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 blah. And I was like, what? Mm. Um, and I was like, I'm I think this is it. I think this is it. It, w- it had that feeling, you know, yeah. that where it's just like, this is right. So I really started to work on it and read a lot of books and, and train with some coaches and become a member and meet tons of people. And I just went all in. I went all in and, uh, totally took a risk in the following fall, quit, uh, what was then my, um, waitressing job and, you know, had a credit card (laughs) and, and leaped off and started this business. And though there have been many, many ups and downs throughout the past seven years, it has, it has, it's worked
1: that's awesome yeah it's called new order new order yeah
2: named after the band um by my friend rebecca
1: oh cool yeah and so essentially you you because i'm a big fan of david allen i'm Mm. sure so gtd is just a a huge part of my life and that's awesome i've I've been listening to over and over again every couple months i circle back around to his audio program gtd fast oh yeah
2: oh fast i don't know the fast one
1: uh, I, I mean, I don't think they, I think it's discontinued, but okay. they, but it's the one that I have. And it's, it's just, it's so amazing. And he talks about going into people's offices and homes and, yeah. and just going through the pile on the desk and saying, okay, what's this? What do we do with it? Right. Okay. What's this? What do we do with it? And just tell people like, uh, I don't know. What is that? You know, it right. <laughs> just, but it, it sounds like it's, I mean, that's just so cool that you've been able to sustain yourself doing something that you're not only passionate about, but that's a really useful service for people and get yeah. paid accordingly for it. Yeah. And for seven years yeah. to do that, which allows you to also do the music and also do the acting right. and also do the other projects you've got going on is really pretty incredible. So, uh, I know you said there's been some ups and downs, but, um, sure. clearly it's working.
2: It's, it's working. It's working. You know, I mean, as, uh, as you know, there's, it's, there are many pros and cons to working for yourself. You know, mm-hmm. I can take a vacation whenever I want at the expense of, you know, paying my electricity yeah. bill, um, <laughs> things like that. And, you know, I've sort of, which I've done over the years, I've sort of taken these breaks and then been like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have taken a break. You know? <laughs> yeah. um, but yeah. overall, I can't even tell you the just the people I've met, the the people who have been my clients for the past several years the connections we've made both on, you know, these deep human levels and, uh, and everything I do is super confidential. So people share their lives with me. You know, it's, it's Mm. amazing how personal you can get with just picking up something that could, could trigger so much, you know, deep stuff with someone. Um, you know, so both those connections, which are the most important and, in the entertainment industry, connections that I never would have thought, like when I started, I was sort of ashamed to let people know that I was also an actor, because I didn't want them to, you know, because yeah, there's, yeah. there's an actor shame thing, let's admit it. Um, but also, I just didn't want them to think that I was less of a professional at organizing and that I wasn't actually... You know, good at that because how can you be good at two different things? Um,
0: God forbid. Yeah, God
2: forbid. So, but what I started to find is that I, you know, because my work and my personality was speaking for itself, and, you know, no one, people were like, of course you're an actor. That's, you know, also who you are. And that doesn't mean I feel weird paying you what you're worth for this other service. And because most of my clients have been in the entertainment industry, we just all became friends and I made different connections, you know, writers, producers, people who are like, come in and read for this role, Oh,
1: great! you know?
2: So it was like, oh, um, thank you. And I never, and I had sort of my own personal policy, like, which I, I'm just not really someone who's ever going to be like, here's my shit, you know, do you, you know, I, it's just not my thing. But, um. People people would ask, and then I'd be like, "Well, I'm not an idiot. Like, <sighs> great, yeah, I want to come yeah. in and read for that." Or, um, um, you know, another one of my clients. You know, you know, music things have happened since since music came along too. Um, yeah. So it's That's been, cool. and I've, and both emotionally up and down too, as far as, oh, this is this is a amazing. Thing and it's not a day job, it's better than a day job and it's more important than a day job but is it what I want to do forever? You know, I don't know but then, you know, I've recently sort of had a lot of realizations about, it. you know, it may take on different formats and, you know, I'm uh, writing this book proposal right now about clutter but it's kind of one of my things and it's just sort of, sort of saying to myself it's okay that this is one of your things you don't have to be just this, you know, sort of traditional artist who like does this on, on the side. This can be one of your things. You're allowed to be, you know, successful to the moon in one area and another area. And you know what I mean? Like, because yeah. we're kind of, we kind of feel like, oh, but I really want to do that. And if I really do that, then this has to stay small,
1: it has to suffer. Yeah. yeah it has you to suffer. Yeah.
2: Um, and, you know, Maybe in your other questions we'll talk about, you know, how I don't think acting has well, maybe suffered, but um, you know, it, it came to be after music happened, which was after organizing. Then all of a sudden I had three full time jobs. Yeah, and that was just, that ended up being too many.
1: Okay. Yeah. Cool. Well, let's let's chat about yeah. that. But before we we go there, uh, what this has been something that's been on my mind a lot lately. Um, David Lawrence. David H. Lawrence, the 17th, who's a frequent, a frequently referenced guest on the show. And mm-hmm. I also work with him now uh, as a voiceover uh, instructor, mentor. I'm not sure what he calls us, but I think it's a mentor. Um, but he he talks about uh, thrival jobs, which is what we mm-hmm. call them, like your your side job, mm-hmm. your survival gig or whatever. Right. And he talks about how like you should always try and fun- find something that's really closely related to the industry. Mm-hmm. That way you can kind of not... I don't know, spread yourself too thin, I guess. You can just stay kind of concentrated. Um, and I love that idea, but what's so cool is that it sounds like that this organizing gig almost accidentally is very yeah. aligned with the entertainment industry.
2: Absolutely. And it
1: actually has been able to kind of cross-pollinate successfully without you feeling icky or pushy totally. or, or even really having an, a conscious intention to, totally. to make that happen. So I love that. That's cool, cool. surprises, this job. Yeah, and we do get a lot of you know questions and from listeners about people who are like, I need to find work. Like, what can I do? And it sounds like this is something that's in demand. I had no idea there was an organization for it. Yeah, And, um,
2: the membership has grown
1: organization for organizing. Yes, yes, exactly. I know. It's ridiculous, <laughs> yeah. but yeah.
2: yeah, the membership has grown exponentially over the last uh, few years because we have more stuff than we ever did before.
1: Yeah. And there's a saying that your inner world creates your outer world. Mm-hmm. And so if your outer world is a mess, it's a good indication that you've got some inner stuff to handle. And I imagine that's a lot of what you do. Yeah. So when you go into people's houses and it's just piles of shit everywhere that you go in and you're like, what's going what's on, going on tell, with me tell me about your relationship. You know? <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> I mean, exactly. I, I imagine a lot of that happens like this thing I was telling you before we started recording the, the little kind of short. Like film that I watched recently mm-hmm. with you and uh, uh, Emily Dachanel, yeah, which was so funny because <laughs> she, you were like going through her stuff and you kind of picture like this is you naked, <laughs> and she, she was like, oh yeah, that's in the donate pile or something like that.
2: yeah, yes, of course that uh, yes, a heightened comedic version of uh, of of what I do, but there have been yeah, so many laughs um, yeah, and. Emily's been been an awesome client and friend. With that, yes, we'd love to make that into a series one day.
1: That'd be fun.
2: It'll all come around in good time. Fun, yeah. But yeah, I mean, you know, inner clutter and outer clutter. You know, that's that's what I help people with, and it it differs. You know, some sometimes I'm there and I'm I'm really just dealing with the stuff and and getting them streamlined. Streamlined, and other clients literally were, you know, sitting on the couch. And they're like, I need to talk to you about some
1: stuff, and I'm wow. like, okay. So you do find yourself often being kind of a psychotherapist, almost.
2: I I do, and you know, of course, with the disclaimers that I'm not, sure. and um, and all that good stuff. But I have gained quite a you know quite a good deal of experience over the years with talking to people about stuff, and and you know, it's it's helped people. So mm. so yeah.
0: Do you go in with some kind of, um, it makes me want to ask you if you go in with some kind of, um, contract, say like, you know, I'm not a, like sign this (laughs) saying I'm not (laughs) a psychotherapist number one (laughs) and number two, you know, NDA confidentiality. Right.
2: Well, uh, you know, definitely I assure people, um, that it's a confidential service. I don't even, uh, name my clients unless they've given me permission to. So, you know, uh, Emily of course has, has has um lent her name as well as some of my other celebrity clients testimonials and whatnot but uh otherwise you know there's tons of people who my best friends like have no idea that i work with um mm. so and um there's a flip side to that too which is interesting which i'll say in a second but you know i have some coaching clients who i just do coaching work with not a lot i do pr- um not so I prefer, but you know, I want to deal with the stuff. I want to deal with the stuff. But I do have some creative coaching clients, and the way I do that system, there is sort of a thing that they have to check that they know I'm not a, you know, a psychotherapist. But people know because if they're there, you know, they're yeah. hiring a professional organizer. They're right. not hiring up. So, um,
0: it's an, it's an implied. Yeah
2: yeah. yeah, yeah, and they, you know, they know it's confidential, and I, there have been you know, maybe once or twice for the past seven years, like, I've had to immediately say after they've told me something, like, you know, I'm not a therapist, like, have you, are you going to go see your therapist about this? But, mm. you know, obviously it's nothing huge enough that I need to notify anybody. <laughs> right. um, but what I'll say about, you know, the confidential stuff is is great, but there's really not that stuff, there's not that much stuff that if I revealed would be, you know, implicating anyone, we all have the same stuff, you know, we all, you know, literally are buying mostly the same stuff. And then we all have, you know, the box of dildos under the bed, you know, like whatever it is. Like. Uh,
1: I, I don't, <laughs> okay, you I guys don't have might. that box. You guys might. <laughs> <laughs> but I know what you mean. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Yeah, like, you know, yeah. it's like,
2: oh, don't look in that drawer or whatever. Yeah. And it's like... I get it. I get it. So, but there's those things Just, that people uh, are ashamed of. Hang all over your of. house to
0: say, no, <laughs> <Feywolf>.
2: <laughs> But I always ask, Feywolf, you know. Wolf, no
0: go here.
1: Yeah.
2: Um. Yes, yeah. people have... have comfortable
1: yeah and got the stories that you must walk away with yeah uh not i mean i mean that that also is kind of a great acting class Mm -hmm. you know because you get to just really get to you get into the world of these people yeah and even though we all kind of deal with the same issues the way those issues manifest i'm sure is probably just runs the the gamut yeah
2: it does yeah it does i've seen a lot of shit
0: (laughs) cool you kind of baked my noodle a little bit with the um we're literally buying the same things. Yeah, because I mean, we're, we live in a we live in a capitalist, you know, culture. We don't necessarily manufacture anything anymore in mm-hmm. this country, but we're importing it all from the same people, usually China, <laughs> mm-hmm. and like, like you know, I had a um, an ex girlfriend who was really like adamantly opposed to places like Bed Bath and Beyond. Mm. Because you would just see it as a bunch of waste, like right. plastic waste, like, you know, um, polluting the environment. Mm-hmm. It's kind of true. If you think about it, it's like everybody's going to go like that store. Somebody's going to go in and buy those things at some point. And then what? Right. Like, then where do they go? Like after they're used? It's just kind of like, I don't know. It's making me. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. To think like I look at someone else who could be a total stranger and go, you probably own a lot of the same things. Yeah. that I do. Yeah. Yeah. Because we shop in the
1: same... Yeah. You know? yeah. And well, we yeah.
2: could disagree on a lot of other things, but we yeah. all <laughs> love our iPads.
1: <laughs> <laughs> How much of your work is, is um, would you say, is kind of an advocacy for minimalism?
2: I, you know, uh, a fair amount. Um but gosh, again, you know, everyone's different. I've also, I also have clients who I walk into, and they're already minimalists, and they just want to go, you know, just like a couple steps further. I'm like, okay, great, <laughs> um, all right. But you know, I, I mean, you guys are sitting in my home right now. You can see that it's not like it's not like a museum. It's like normal, but it's streamlined. But you know, there's mm-hmm. some stuff on that table I can probably get rid of and. So you know what I say and, and hopefully this feels like a related answer, is that it's not about being perfect. you know, It's just being a little better and, and with what with what makes you happy. Mm-hmm. you know. So if no stuff is what makes you happy, great. I don't think you need to get rid of everything. but you only have a certain container to store what you need and want. And, you know, if you live in a bigger house, you have more stuff. To, I, you know, I've seen people who are the same size family fill up a big house just because they have the space. And they mm-hmm. don't really need all that stuff. But at the same time, it's stuff that's, they you know, they could use. And I don't know where I'm really going with this. But, um, but when I meet, like, a real true minimalist, I'm also like, oh, yeah. Hmm. But you never know. They could have other shit going on that... Yeah. You know, they need to work at. But um, it's about getting a little better and being comfortable. You know, I need my desk to be a certain amount of clear before I feel like I can get to work. Mm -hmm. So if it's bothering you, then that's a sign. You know, if it's not bothering you, then you don't need to call me. Mm -hmm. You know, so... There are people who live with a bunch of stuff, but they know exactly what it all is,
1: that's and their they're system, acting, yeah. that's their system. Yeah.
2: So, you know.
1: Yeah. That is so fascinating. I, I feel like we could talk about just this for another <laughs> couple of hours. Because I, I mean, I'm You should way... start your own podcast, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm really... Organizing podcast. I, I think yeah. this stuff is, is one of those kind of like psychological things that we overlook so often, but that yeah. actually is a really crucial part of our day-to-day lives. Yeah. It's just how we process the world around us, especially mm. our living space. Mm-hmm. Um, and what that says about us and how it affects our... Psyche and what we create and why we create that. I mean, yeah. it's just, it's fascinating. It's a deep rabbit hole.
2: Absolutely. And yeah. it's just so related. You know, I found, I found in my own personal life to making art, it's just not only with the actual stuff in the space, but productivity and knowing what my tasks are and, and, and not losing the materials I need to follow through with contacting someone or following through on a project and, and all that kind of stuff like my shit doesn't fall through the cracks. Yeah. So that has for sure helped me. You know, like if I had let my email fall through the cracks, I wouldn't be sitting sitting here with you guys right now. Right, right, right. Um so it goes deep. Yes, it's a rabbit hole.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: everybody welcome back trev and i without faye wah, wah. I know. she's so nice
1: she's awesome she
0: fed us guys she fed us chocolate she, chip
1: cookies gluten-free chocolate Gluten chip
0: cookies. Free. we walked in there's gluten-free chocolate chip cookies on the table okay yeah. Note to um, future guests. Note to future guests. You want to butter us up? Huh? Yeah. yeah, yeah. We told her her we're going to keep showing up with or without the audio equipment. (laughs) I know. It's like, we're going to eat your food. What's going on? Uh, I know it's 2 in the morning. I just heard,
1: you know, I just thought I'd stop by, see if you got any... I was uh, just in the mood for some gluten-free chocolate cookie. What's going on? Yeah, she's very Um, cool. Yeah, super
0: cool. cool. And I know some of our listeners are going... Uh, you guys just talked about organizing that whole time, but, uh, we, it all applies and it ties up in such a beautiful, neat little bow at the end. Mm, Just wait till the next episode. You will, it will knock your socks off. Uh, so that's coming. Cool. Um, sweet. So, uh, pick of the week. What do you got? P O T W U. P O T Dubs. Um, I changed my last week at the last minute to talk about falling whistles, which, um, I was so happy to do. But, uh, the, what I was going to talk about, and it's kind of a shame that I waited so long to make this my pick of the week because now they're blowing up. So everybody's going to go, oh, I know who they are. But I've been listening to them since before their hits. Sure, you have. I swear, I'm not. This is not a hipster comment.
1: I swear, uh-huh. but um,
0: hop on the bandwagon, why don't you? Uh, you don't even know what I'm going to say. I don't even know what you're going to say. Jerk face. <laughs> um, no, I've been really into Imagine Dragons lately. The band. Um, I uh, I started listening to them. Oh gosh. Um, probably like six months ago or something like that. I don't know where that accent went, it went all over the place. I don't know. It was um, cool. No, it wasn't. Uh, <laughs> I started listening to them. Uh, I'm trying to remember when it was. I made some trips to NorCal and they were like definitely my listening to and from. Oh, so it was last year, November, December. Yeah, I've been listening to them for about eight, nine months now. Um, and, uh, you know, their hits started really coming alive in, in 2013. Um, but they're, I just think they're a really good band. I love their sound and, you know, now they've got a two or three hits out on the radio, that kind of thing. And, um, yeah, just check them out. They've got like, I think two or three albums at this point. Um, one of them might just be like an EP with some of their stuff that ended up on their later albums, but, um, good stuff. And if you want to really treat yourself, um, make a Pandora station mm. of Imagine Dragons, and you and will hear some out. like really cool stuff. Yeah. Awesome. really cool stuff!
1: Awesome. Homework number two: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Make Pandora station. Yeah. Um, yeah. How about you, man?
1: Uh, my pick of the week is a. I almost want to like say like double it up because I have been a big fan of this play for a long time, and the play, right, Killer Joe by Tracy Letts. Uh, Tracy Letts also wrote August Osage County and both are brilliant plays Killer Joe and August and uh, they made a movie out of Killer Joe about a year or two ago and I just saw it on Blu-ray the other day and uh, it's awesome it is what's cool about it too is that they didn't really change the script that much so it's almost like watching the movie version of a play. Like, the structure wasn't fiddled around with or, or or Hollywoodized or anything like that. That's nice. And uh, Matthew McConaughey's in it. He's fantastic as Joe, Killer Joe. Uh, Emile Hirsch is in it. Thomas Hayden Church is in it. So, it's not like a bunch of no-names. There are some, some well-known actors in here, and they, they all kill it, man. And uh, it's slightly hyper-realistic slightly in some parts, but uh That's very Tracy Let's it's yeah. it's awesome and it's dark and it's twisted and it's 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 gripping. It's really well done. So uh you can get it on Netflix, their D V D version, I think, and I'm sure it's available on iTunes and stuff as well. So yeah, Killer Joe.
0: Nice, yeah. And uh, you know, they're making a, a film of uh, August. Are they? Yeah. Oh you haven't I it? hope
1: they don't change the script the way Dude, they do for Killer Joe. Like I hope they you, keep it. You haven't seen the possible. cast for that? No. Oh Well, I saw it at the Amundsen a couple years ago when it came here, yeah, no, and it was the, amazing. The show
0: itself is amazing, but I can't believe you haven't... Uh, it's got uh, Meryl Streep in it.
1: Oh, of course.
0: Yeah, she <laughs> plays course. the matriarch, which is, like, uh, unbelievable. But, yeah, it's got um, Benedict Cumberpatch. I'm still not convinced that's his real name. Um, <laughs> Abigail Breslin is in it. Um, from... Uh, what is that?
1: What's from that? Uh, Sun, uh, Sunshine... What is called? that
0: movie? Oh, my God. I can't believe I'm blanking on that movie. I loved her in that movie. Um,
1: Little Miss Sunshine? Little Miss Sunshine. There it is. Thank yeah. you.
0: Goodness sake. I almost died. Um, yes. That oh, uh, should be great. She'll Meryl Streep. Ewan McGregor.
1: Oh. is the uncle? Julia Roberts. Ewan McGregor plays the uncle, I bet. Yeah, uh, He plays, what is it, Bill Fordham? I think that's the uncle.
0: Julia Roberts.
1: Juliette Lewis.
0: Dermot Mulroney. Uh, Dermot oh, Mo- Mulroney. Goodness sake. Chris Cooper is in it. Sam Shepard oh god, is in it. Um, this is going to be excellent. I mean, it's it's an epic, epic A-list cast. Um, wow. And so, when is that slated for release? I'm really excited. Um, Does it have a... 2013. I don't know what the release date is. Probably um, the holidays. Later this year, I uh, I, t- I saw the preview when I went to see another movie in the... Theaters and oh, he so there's this like.
1: trailer out. There is, yeah. There's oh. trailers online. Yeah. Dude, okay. Well, out. I know what I'm, I'm going to do as soon as we <laughs> stop recording. <laughs>
0: Trevor's new pick of the week yeah, <laughs> right, the is trailer. the trailer for August Osage County. Yeah. yeah. Um. Uh. I'm 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 really excited about it. Awesome. But awesome. yeah, because I'm a fan of Tracy Letts as well. So good, I love his good stuff. Pick, it's, man,
1: it's dark. His characters are flawed and damaged, but there's always this element of hope and art it's just beautiful his his work's awesome yeah he's an actor as well and he's won some awards i believe for his acting work as well um anyway cool good stuff so there's the picks of the week we have a listener pick of the week somewhere uh but we're gonna pass on it for this episode but definitely uh make sure we bring it back uh for next episodes and beyond so um we haven't forgotten about that segment um just uh just not this time (laughs) <laughs> just not this time. Um, so for uh, for episode 108, there's a lot of different ways that you can interact with and be in touch with the podcast, communicate with the community, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, first off, just hit our website up, InsideActingPodcast.com. Just about everything is there, including our mailing list, which is called the IAP Dispatch. And there's a link at the top of the page you can click to go to the page where you can sign up for that. Uh, and very soon as we've talked about, we'll have the, uh, IAP manifesto as a kind of reward for signing up for our email list. And our email list is really just a, a way to notify you when new episodes come out or what kind of cool news is going on in our world as a podcast entity, not as, as individuals. So, um, make sure you sign up for that. Uh, you can also email us at insideactingpodcast.com and, or leave us a voicemail at two, one, three, two actors. That's two, one, three, two, 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 eight, six, seven, seven.
0: And of course, you can find us on all the social networks: Twitter.com slash Inside Acting, Facebook.com slash Inside Acting. Uh, you can also find us on iTunes and Actor Rated. Just do a search for Inside yeah. Acting there. Inside Acting as there. there.
1: Leave us a nice uh, review if you enjoy this little thing we do. <laughs> and if you really enjoy this thing if we do, really and you really get enjoy a it. lot of value out of it, and we certainly hope you do, that's the whole idea. Um, head over to, uh, our website on the right hand side There's a little graphic where you can click to donate some, uh, much needed funds to the podcast. Right now, the podcast is 100% listener supported. So literally you guys listening right now, yes, you, the person who thinks, Oh, that's not me. I don't need to donate or whatever. You think that maybe it's cool just downloading this for free. It is. We want to make it available. But you specifically, the person who's never donated before, uh, feel free to hop over there and just kick us a little bit of money. It's how we keep this thing going. We pay for production costs. Uh, and and all those fun things with the with the funds you send us, we don't just go buy pizza for ourselves or anything. Like you, that. Know, you might not. <laughs> and any amount, uh, any amount works. Any amount from yes. one penny all the way to a million dollars. Don't be uh, shy to give us a weird amount with a bunch of weird change. I think one time we did get like seven eighty three or something was our, our donation amount.
0: Yeah, no, somebody donated. Uh, was it like seven eighty nine? Like seven dollars and eighty nine cents. Seven eighty nine. Oh yeah. Something yeah. something like that.
1: And Billy Billy Demoda sent us a really wonderful donation after his episodes and he donated the exact amount of a Cash Director workshop, yeah. which is like thirty nine ninety seven or something. <laughs> I don't know what it was. Anyway, um yeah, so you can definitely do that. And keep in mind it is a tax deductible donation. You can write this off as an education expense. So really you got almost nothing to lose. So um True. it it would make a big difference in our world. So, because so we need my stands, we keep saying that, but we really do. Um, <laughs> but we need to keep we need to keep a certain level of, of money floating in the account before we can start going out and buying these stands, which are more expensive than you'd think, actually.
0: Especially when we use them as much as we do.
1: Yeah, these get used a couple times a week at least. Cool. Um, so I think that does it then for episode 10 uh, Great. I'm Trevor Agon.
0: I'm AJ Meyer. We'll see you next week.
1: In the meantime, get organized.